recorded on August 16th, 2022. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the primaries and what hot water Trump is in now. But first, we need to address elephants in the room. So what happened in the other state primaries today? We're still waiting. Okay, for... I heard Trump singing the praises of that lunatic Sarah Palin. So there was an Alaska primary... And Sarah Palin was running for which office? Congress, the one congr- congressional seat that Alaska has. Oh, it hasn't been open for 50 years. Yeah. No. How is that possible? Old people. Old people. So there's a little bit of a journey going on there where she started off as the Alaskan governor and then was the VP nominee. And now she's running for the House seat. Right now she's yeah. doing better than they're saying. Okay. There's only 6% of the vote in. Yeah, so Sarah Palin is running for the primary seat in a seat that hasn't been open for, what, half Ever. a century? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a while. And good for her. Like, I, I wonder if she's going to sit in the gallery with Bobert and Green and Gates. And I'm sure well, you Green know, is her BFF right now. We don't have to go far for that. Maybe Sarah will come hang out with her. Oh, boy. They're going to be BFFs. So Sarah was Trump before Trump was Trump. Yes. She was proto-Trump. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other thing with Alaska primaries is Murkowski has a primary opponent. So uh, Murkowski is in an interesting position. So Alaska has switched to a runoff voting system where the top four candidates from the primaries, regardless of party, are going to end up on the ballot in November. And so this is this is a good thing for democracy because this is how you beat the the two party system. Where it's not first past the post, it's not the party with the most votes wins, it's the candidate with the most vote wins. It's a good thing long term, and hopefully Murkowski will, I don't know. The problem is that Murkowski is number one, there's a more extreme pro-Trump candidate as number two, and then the Democrats and the independents are like off in like distant third and fourth. And so which number go on to the actual general? Four. Four. This is like the California system where in, what, 2016, we had Kamala Harris facing another Democrat because that's how their elections work. It's the top two. So we're trying to do it here. They were trying to do ranked choice voting just for primaries. And I get it. It's how you get candidates that can appeal to a broader base and how you can get candidates that don't seemingly have a chance in the running. So I'm not against it. But the whole if the Republicans in Wyoming will choose overwhelmingly a Trump person over somebody who's just trying to tell the truth that's just really scary that's well yeah i feel like that liz cheney has really burnt a lot of political capital i think she's okay with that really yeah. she, she could write a book and say hi my name is liz cheney and she's gonna sell a zillion yeah she would have enough money left over to actually pay the ghostwriter too she wouldn't actually have Kinsinger, to who's really screwed yeah no one's gonna buy his book Back to Wyoming and Alaska. So we don't know the results yet. No. But it's looking exactly as predicted. Sarah yes. Palin will be the nominee for Alaska's single congressional seat. 
which will make Congress even more of a clown show than it is. Although so far, Trump's word has only been good for about 50 percent of the the candidate primaries. He's getting rejected in more moderate districts, but his word is still gold in solid red districts. Yeah. Like Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Alaska's always been a little bit crazy, a little bit conservative. Sarah Palin ran that she was a pit bull with lipstick. So moving on to DeSantis and his quest to stay in the news. That's a big elephant. Oh, yeah. DeSantis made not the onion today on Reddit. Not the onion. I didn't know that. I don't follow Reddit. This is not the onion. It's actual news. But you would think it's an onion store. Yes. OK. So he appeared on not the onion today for saying Florida is where woke goes to die. Didn't he say that in like Arizona? Probably. He's... I just also want to say that Tina Deskovich was recently on a news program saying that parents are awake. I'm like, dude, you made that not legal. Yeah. Yeah. I just, he's running on this whole anti-woke. He got rid of the test, which I applauded him for at the beginning, but now it's a test with three parts. Yeah, it's much, there's much more requirements on teachers now than there ever have been. Yes. They are trying to make teaching a profession that teachers don't want to be in. Did you hear this too? Oh, yeah. We all know that the military, if you've served in active duty military and you retired and you have at least an associate's degree, you can walk right into a teaching job for five years. He wants to extend that to firefighters and police officers. No, no. Those people are not prepared for a classroom. Not only not trained, but imagine a first responder at that level, a police officer whose response to stressful situations is to arrest them, throw them down, kill them. And I don't know. There's not a whole lot more stressful than a class of teenagers. No, that's not a role for, and he's saying no teaching certificate. He literally said that getting a teacher's degree is just dumb. And so they will be provided the same thing. That's his goal. They're trying to create little fascist factories out of our public schools. And here's the thing, you guys, we'll come back to that when we talk about local elections. Now they are saying you still have to pass the competency in your field, but that's it. You don't have to take another single teaching class. You don't have to do, you have... For five years, you got to get a jail-free card. And if you don't ever do the things that are required to become a teacher in five years, then you just walk away from it in five years. Do you know how much damage they can do in five years? Yeah. Five years takes a kid from fifth grade to 10th grade. Yep. Five years takes a kid from middle school to high school. Yep. You can do a lot of damage in that person's life for five years. Repeat the phrase that my history teacher taught me about the Holocaust. The past must be linked to the present if there is to be a future. I like it. They're going to rewrite history completely. And that anti-woke bill is one of the most dangerous things that has ever happened. Ron DeSantis is, he's totally focused on education for a number of reasons. He wants us to distract us from the fact that Roe has been overturned because he doesn't want to deal with that because Florida is a pretty high pro-choice state. So instead he's going to talk about education because he thinks that's how you win. But you know what? People are tired of fighting and they don't want their kids to be the friendly fire victims. He's always said he wanted to run for president, but he didn't say of which country. Did he mean the United States of Flood Georgia? I don't know. I don't thank know you. No, thank you. We already fought a war about this. Yeah. I don't think he's afraid of fighting another one. Good for him. Oh, yeah. So another elephant that we've heard recently are calls to defund the FBI. What happened to Back the Blue? What happened to that? The thin blue line. Yeah. I don't see those flags anymore. I did see actually a thin blue line flag at an anti-FBI protest. So this is absolutely nuts where... Local cops, you know, who beat up minorities and oppress brown people are apparently good. But the FBI, who actually, you know, deal with crimes at the federal level, they need to be defunded. 
And so now it's looking like both sides are saying defund the police, defund the FBI. At what point does the party of law and order stop being able to claim that they're the party of law and order? It's super selective. So they did this whole thing. Somebody posted a clip of Ron DeSantis defending the the police raid. It was a raid. Just like this is a raid. It was a raid. I'm not saying it wasn't a raid. And the police came to Rebecca Jones' house and took her computer and her equipment away. He got super defensive and super angry with the reporter. I mean, he's like a toddler. And he's, excuse me, I'm going I'm to speak now. Blah, blah, blah. This puffy head has yeah. to make noises. So he was saying it wasn't a raid. They went after documents she shouldn't have had, blah, blah, blah. But he's saying now that Donald Trump's house was raided. So Fox News actually posted a video of that, and they're saying that they took it out of context. I'm like, Christina Pichaud, his now former press secretary, is so bad on Twitter. Y'all follow her. Just It's funny. So she uh, she tweeted that. She said it was whatever. I said, you're missing the, the point wasn't that he actually said it wasn't a raid about Trump. The point was when he does it, it's not a raid. But when it's on his buddy, yeah, it's a raid. Yeah. So these FBI f- officials face death threats. I've also noticed recently that with a new head of the government and actual competent people that are not sucking up to the president, yeah, they're actually prosecuting actual lawbreakers, including today. There was a former Democratic congressman that's getting nailed for fraud. Good. Yeah. We, you know. How come the Democrats are the one that police ours, but when they're in control of it, all this corruption just goes by the wayside? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, glad we got rid of those elephants. Now for the first topic. The primaries. Oh, primary. So I'm going to tell you guys, first of all, I have not referred to it as a primary. I have to keep reminding myself that it is our party primary because it is actually also our school board elections. On Tuesday, you're listening to this on Friday. Hopefully you're listening to this on Friday, not after Tuesday. That was a lot of dates. So Tuesday, August 23rd, two magical things happen. Everybody in the county can vote for another in the county. Everybody in the county can vote for judges. And every Democrat in the county can vote for the person that they would like to represent them in opposing Ron DeSantis and running for agricultural commissioner, for some attorney general. And then everybody in three parts of our county can also vote for school board. And you, those are nonpartisan races, the school board and judges races. Democrats, Republicans, NPAs can all vote for school board and all vote for judges. So I've had a million questions about these, and I'll just quickly summarize. Brevard Dems are supporting Misty Belford in District 1. She's been the chair now for many years, and that's appointed by her peers, elected by her peers, because she's honestly like the least partisan, the least political person on that board. She is not tied to a party. She's an NPA voter. Brevard Dems are supporting her, honestly, because she's rational and she cares about public school. That was before we knew her opponent. And then we were like doubling down on this board. Her opponent is endorsed by Ron DeSantis. And to get a Ron DeSantis endorsement, you have to say you will support his agenda blindly no matter what it becomes. So if he decides we should resegregate schools, which I don't think I put beyond him, that Megan Wright, Misty's opponent, has said she would support that. Megan is also endorsed by Wayne Ivey, who we all know has never met a guy who doesn't like and wants to support the Ron DeSantis' goal of putting former retired police officers in our schools as teachers. Misty Belford has got our undisputed support. And that's District 1, which is Titusville, some of Coco, some of Rockledge. So also some of Coco, some of Rockledge, and all of the beach north of the Pineda, which includes Patrick Air Force Base. We're supporting Aaron Dunn. Aaron Dunn has three opponents who are all three trying to outright one another. You've got Sean Overdorf, who is one of the people coming out and saying that he was being bribed by Wayne Ivey to drop out of the race. 
Um, he's being offered a $55,000 a year job on Dave Goodson's staff if he would drop off a school board race. You've also, and his only focus as on the school board would be talking about security in our campuses. And our campuses are super safe. There's never been an incident on our campuses, but that's what he wants to make his only concern. Then we have Gene Trent, who is endorsed by Moms for Liberty. And uh, Janice Crisp is running his campaign. <gasps> so there you go. That means that he's accepted that support. He has, it was not rehired at his last school. He's currently serving, I think, as the testing administrator for Cocoa Beach. But he has made so many outright racist comments. It's just not even worth listening to. One time he said that the reason there's discipline issues in our schools is because teachers have their hands tied dealing with minority students. Therefore, only discipline problems only come from minority students. That's Gene Trent. No wonder Janice Crisp loves it. And Courtney Lewis, who is endorsed by the founder of Moms for Liberty, but not by Moms for Liberty, but she is endorsed by Wayne Ivey. The Republicans are a mess. And she is doesn't really stand for anything. She's just a Moms for Liberty plant. When she filed to run, it was June, and she was wearing a long-sleeved, long blue dress. So if you've seen Handmaid's Tale, I immediately thought of a wife. So... Erin Dunn is a teacher. You've met her on the pod before. She's she's taught in Brevard Public Schools. She is really a community builder. She knows how to get the community involved in supporting their schools. Because the reality is, it's so easy for us to say parents need to be involved in schools. A large part of our population doesn't have that freedom. A lot of our dual working families, some parents work more than one job. And so they don't have the freedom to be at their kids' open houses or to visit them on lunches. And we need a school board that's going to remember those parents as well. And that's Aaron Dunn. And then in District 5, we're supporting Kim Huff, who is a Democrat. She was an NPA voter until recently. And she's just, she was actually, she's a Navy wife. She's pretty conservative growing up. She's a devout Christian. She's everything Katie Campbell is without the crazy. She just doesn't think that her values should be pushed onto other people's kids. I don't know. Call me crazy. I like that. I like that too. She's also got a master's degree and really wants to bring her skill set to our our school board. So those are, if you live, if you see any of those names on your ballot, that's what we want you to vote for. Yes. Misty Belford or Aaron Dunn or Kimberly Huff, which might say Kim, it looks like how, but it's Huff. So Kim Huff. I like two of her choices. One, she went with purple. And two, she is railing against having the kids immediately on a computer. Right? Yes. Terrible. Yeah. So that's what they want schools to be. It's like they want them to be like concession stands. So people always ask me who to vote for in all the other races. So quickly to summarize, as the party chair, as the Democratic Executive Committee, we cannot give an endorsement in a partisan election. We cannot support one Democrat if there are more than one Democrat in the race. And before y'all get started and call us or email us, I know the party's done that before. And I know it was ugly in 2016. People felt like that had happened, putting fingers on the scale in our presidential election. I don't know whether they did or didn't, but I know I'm not going to. I will follow that rule to every place that I can. Have I ever supported somebody against a Democrat? Yes. When the Democrat sent me an email and said, I'm going to return our party to the white uh, plantation owner roots, which we came. I'm like, dude, I'm not supporting you. But generally speaking, we don't. I will tell you from our gubernatorial race, I've met both Charlie and Nikki. I've talked to them both personally. They're both very nice people with very different focuses and different strengths. Really what it comes down to at the end of the day is who do you believe can beat Ron DeSantis? Who's Ron DeSantis is one of the most dangerous things we've ever dealt with. Yeah. Who is the best candidate? Because yeah. the point of the Democratic primaries is to pick the best candidate. That... Not necessarily the person that you think is just the most wonderful person person that you know can win as well yeah we're in it to win it 
And so it doesn't matter. We're not going to endorse people in the primary over each other. But uh, whoever wins the primary wins our vote. Wait, on August 24th? Yeah, it to me, it doesn't matter who you vote for in a primary because that's your personal choice. But as long as you make it the person, I think at this point in time, it really... It can't just be a falling in love conversation. Well, it has to be yeah. the person that you believe can beat Ron DeSantis. Yeah. The a, alternative is not an option. The day after primary, who cares? We need to get Ronnie Charlie, out. Charlie, Nikki, absolutely. We will all be enthusiastically supporting whoever. And they both do have different strengths, but I don't think either one of them are people that I would hate. I would enthusiastically support them both. And I'll tell you, if you're listening to this and you've not had the opportunity to meet them both, they're both winning human beings, people that I would be proud to fight for. So that's what that race is. And then Senate race, of course, it's gonna Val's gonna win the endorsement. I'll tell you a scary thing about Ron DeSantis back to school boards. If we don't win this election, any of the school board election, let's say Misty Belford is still the chair, but we don't win the other two seats, that's gonna bring the majority will then be it would be Matt Susan and three Republicans. He's a Republican. So it'd be four Republicans. Three Republicans with a Democrat and NPA. They would make Matt the chair. Matt Susan, who is the biggest lying piece of crap. And there's so much going to be coming out about that. He's the one that, yeah, the story. Also, they would, Randy would use his influence to get the board to fire Dr. Mullins, who was a great superintendent. And Ron DeSantis would replace, would remove Jennifer Jenkins from her seat on the school board and replace her with his choice. So we have to win on Tuesday and then we have to win again in November. Because if we don't win both, Ron DeSantis can still replace anybody he wants on our school board. And we've seen that he's willing to do it. And yeah, this is the county that Moms for Liberty started Yep, up in. This, it has become national. Somebody started a group, Moms Against Moms for Liberty or whatever their name is. And it got 5,000 requests in a day. Some from New York, some from Pennsylvania. This is their play everywhere in the U.S. Get on school boards and bring us back to... Not just that, but it's white nationalism. It's not yeah. just white. It's white American, America first. And mm-hmm. our version of social studies is all that matters. So we have to win these elections. Back to Democrats are also going to decide who they think can take on the Republican candidate for attorney general. And that is our current, the current attorney general is a horrible human being with her nose so far up Ron DeSantis's ass. It's not even funny. Oh, Ron DeSantis's butt. It's not even funny. That's Ashley Moody. So you get to choose the, from the candidates for attorney general. I, uh, y'all can have an opinion. I can't. You have an opinion? On attorney general? I know who I voted for, but. Okay. And then judges. People keep asking about our judges. I literally, so much more than even the party thing, I cannot give input on a judicial race. If I do, and it's found, and the person that I've supported is elected, they can be removed from office because they cannot have any partisan favor. That said, the sheriff has endorsed quite a few, and he's as partisan as anybody, but I can't as the party chair. Okay, so what Pam is waiting for me as a non-democratic representative to say is that if someone has Wayne Ivey's endorsement, vote against them. They have effectively received the Republican endorsement. Not only that, but they've received the endorsement of the Republican law enforcement officer who has said if our state passed gun control laws, he would not enforce them. He's publicly said, I've got the post of him saying it. And he's law enforcement. I don't think a law enforcement officer should be endorsing any judicial candidates, period. Yeah. When they do, here's the thing. Somebody got mad at me because I actually publicly said 
if Wayne Ivey's endorsing a judge, I would not be comfortable with that. And they said, we should get to know them better. I said, no, this person sought out his endorsement, hoping it would sway opinion without me meeting them. It worked. It just didn't work in the way that they'd hoped. So, yes, vote against the Ivy League. Yes. And unfortunately, I don't have the list here of people to vote against, but... There is a website called Voting for Justice that it's super bland, but it gives a little information on judges. But like Jamie just said, which is... Don't vote for whoever Ivy picks. If you're supporting education, you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. and and with But here's the thing, you guys. If you're not decided on judges, don't let that hold onto your ballot. And if you have a mail ballot, do not mail it. Because if you have a mail ballot and you're listening to this after Friday... You don't have time to mail it. No. You can drop it off at the supervisor of elections offices. You can drop it off at an early polling location, but only through Saturday. Early polling ends on Saturday or maybe Sunday. Early polling ends. And you cannot drop off your mail ballot at your precinct voting place on Tuesday. You, on, If you have it in your hand on Tuesday, you can still vote in person on Tuesday without using your mail ballot. But if you want to use your mail ballot after early voting closes, you have to drive it to the supervisor of elections office. During office hours, your ballots must be received by seven o'clock on Tuesday. I cannot stress enough how important this election is. Now, while we're talking about this election, how can you help other than voting? If you live in a district, you don't have a school board race. You can't even vote. Jamie, Shelby, and I all live in a race with no school board race. We can vote. We just can't vote for school board. Can't vote for county commission either because they're shady people. But what you can do is you can help remind people to go to the polls. This weekend, starting today, if you're listening on Friday or starting yesterday, if you're listening on Friday, we will be delivering door hangers to the door of every Democrat and Democrat-leaning nonpartisan voter in School Board District 1, School Board District 2, and School Board District 3. We leave those door hangers on their doors, telling them about the election on Tuesday, and it has a sticker telling them exactly where to vote based on their precinct. We need a small army. No. We need a large army to get this done. As of right now, we need about 200 volunteers, 200 volunteer shifts per day. That's starting yesterday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in order to get all of these doors contacted. Now, you can also help us with phone bank. For phone banking, everybody remind them, don't mail your ballot, drive it in, walk it in, or go vote in person early or on election day. We need people to jump on those phone banks as well. We need you. You are the last defense in democracy, all of our volunteers. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but I just can't say it enough how much I think this matters. So like Shelby hated, told me straight up, I will never knock a door. She came into door hangers with us a few weeks ago and her head didn't explode. She's recruited somebody to join her this weekend. And I'm so happy to see that. I'm going out twice. Yay. Yes. I usually go and I take three or four turfs and I can get them all done in a day. So I'll be doing that every day. So when I say 200 volunteer shifts, if I take four shifts in one day, that's four of those 200. And that's countywide. So we need people up in the northern end of the county. We need people in the central end of the county on the east. And we need people in the southern end of the county. I don't live in any of those counties. I'll be driving out of my district. Neither does Shelby. And she'll be driving out of her district. And if you can't, we also need drivers. People just drive us from door to leave these door hangers. And we need, like I said, those people that can't do any of that. Maybe just can't leave the house. No problem. We need phone bankers. And our phone bank is virtual. You don't have to come to a central location. You can do it from wherever you are. You can make a call or two while you're sitting in the car loop because it can be done on your cell phone at your convenience. You can make a car or two while you're waiting at the line at the post office. It's get out the vote. 
because the 23rd will decide county elections for school board. Absolutely. It absolutely decides in District 1 and District 5. Those races are over. You don't get a second chance. That's why I stopped saying primary. District 2 could go to November. We don't want it to because if Aaron gets 50% plus one vote, first of all, it'll freak people out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They'll have their heads explode when they see the reality is voters don't agree with what you're doing because that would be a huge statement. But also that race would then be over and we wouldn't have to face just a single person at the end. And also it's not guaranteed to be a Democrat and a Republican if she doesn't win on August 23rd. It's simply the two vote top vote getters. So she needs 50 percent plus one. Right now, Democrats have returned ballots a little bit less than 50 percent of the mail ballots returned in District 2 have been returned by Democrats. So assuming all the Democrats are voting for Aaron, there's still not enough to get that win. So we really need we need you to vote. We need you to encourage other people to vote. We need you to encourage other people to vote with by hanging door hangers with us and phone banking with us. Any questions, you can find all of these at brevarddems.org slash volunteer, or you can contact me directly at hello at brevarddems.org and we will get you set up. You would also not believe how easy it is to convince an independent does not like either party Yeah, just by the common sense. Do you think books should be banned in, in schools? No. Okay. Do you think history should be rewritten in schools? This week, Alex, the replacement for Rachel Maddow, started her show. And she started it by coming to our school board meeting last week and and interviewing. She interviewed Jennifer Jenkins for a long time beforehand. And she's there really. The world is watching what's happening in Brevard County. She came here to talk about the anti-woke bill and how they are rewriting civics curriculum and rewriting history books. And I don't think anybody wants that to happen. What they actually want to say is that Washington and Thomas Jefferson were violently opposed to slavery, but they don't want to say that they owned them. Mm. And I don't have any, it doesn't make me love America any less to know that George Washington owned slaves and did not think it was a bad thing. That was the more of the time. It doesn't make me love my country less to know that in my lifetime, black children couldn't go to school with me. Yeah, It doesn't make me love my country less. It just make. in fact, it makes me love my country more to know that we are willing to grow through that. I don't understand an ideology that's afraid of true history being taught. That we've gotten better, that we've improved, that we've progressed. Yeah. I don't remember, is this the Constitution or the Declaration where it's in order to form a more perfect union? We the people. We the people. That's why history is so important to be taught. So we don't make those mistakes. It doesn't say in order to form a perfect one. A more more perfect. perfect. Yes. To be fair, there's no way that we could have landed on the moon with the original draft of the U.S. Constitution. Correct. We've also, made the progress. original draft of the U.S. Constitution allowed me to own people. There's nothing embarrassing and nothing. It doesn't make me love my country less to acknowledge it for all of its flaws. In fact, it's, I'm always when I cry, when my friend Alton Edmund sings the national anthem or when I see our flag flying beautifully, it's not because I think it's perfect and flawless. It's because I know what it's gone through to get where we are today. And I know what we will. We'll get through this season as well. Yeah, I have faith. In America, I have faith in our people and I have faith that we will pull this off. Yeah. Patriotism means that we want our country to be the best. Nationalism means that we believe that our country is without flaws and is the best. Yep. All right. And now we're moving on to the bottom half of our show to cover the Mar-a-Lago search, which is not to be. Okay. Sorry. That's what Mal is. I was. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So the Mar-a-Lago search is one of many Trump's legal troubles not to be confused with 
The January 6th hearings, which were handed off to the DOJ and other local agencies that have resulted in cell phone seizures of House Republicans by the DOJ or the election interference in Georgia were our friend. I think that's going to be the one that gets him. Maybe. We're going to get there. Okay. The main thing is that the election interference in Georgia, where our friend Fulton County DA Fannie Willis... You remember Fanny, right? Gotta love her. Yeah. Opened a criminal probe and has let Giuliani know that he is a person of interest and that Lindsey Graham has been ordered to testify or not to be confused with the two separate cases in New York, both about money. The first is whether Trump misrepresented the value of properties for tax purposes and where he pled the fifth a whole bunch of times. And it was like 400, 500 times that he said... I yeah. plead the fifth 440 times. 440 times. But does anyone remember back in the day where he said only mobsters plead the fifth? He, he yes. He want to be mobsters. Yeah. So, so I'm proud of that. Honestly, yes. He's probably like, I got to be a mobster 440 yeah. times today. I am awesome. The CFO is looking for a plea deal. He's going to plead guilty for the Trump organization. Right. I think it's hysterical that he ever said that anyway, because, you know, Rick Scott still holds the record for the numbers of times he's. Pled the fifth. Oh, yeah. And the Medicare fraud. The Medicaid fraud. Yeah. He built the government out of what? 1.6 million? No mobster. He's not strong enough to be a mobster. He's a worm. Anyway, go on. He's Skeletor. He's he's scary and bald. He's Voldemort. Yeah. He's Voldemort with a nose. Silence and Buffy. So there was a second New York probe into other potential tax fraud and other financial crimes. And finally, there's a myriad of defamation suits against Trump. Mary Trump's fraud case, a bunch of civil suits about January 6th from Capitol Police, representatives, others. But this is about documents in Trump's basement. Well, one, it's amazing he has a basement and we are in Florida. Yes, yes. He doesn't have a basement. He built his house. It's like Cinderella's castle has a basement because they built it up. Yeah. So on the ground floor, he had a room full of documents. Earlier this year, representatives from the National Archives came into his house and they pulled out 15 boxes of documents. And they said, you shouldn't have these. And so, because anything a president writes as public record is owned by us, the people. Yeah. It's so, official step. But later, more recently, the FBI was sent in to retrieve classified documents. The warrant was released on Friday, which was great. So when the FBI, which has a 95 percent conviction rate goes into court and they say we have a 95% conviction rate there. Because they got some stuff. They got stuff. They got evidence. So the charges were, I'm going to start from decreasing to increasing order, withholding or concealing government documents, which is a slam dunk because he did. He said we returned to everything and he didn't. So he there's definitely going to be guilty on that. The next up charge is obstruction of justice, where... Essentially, there was ongoing proceedings that would have hinged on the information in his basement, in his little office thing. And the third and most important is espionage. So he is being prosecuted on espionage charges. So the FBI. Wait, we know this. Yeah, the FBI was so sure that Trump was sharing the data with non-U.S. citizens to the injury of the United States 
that they would. That's what makes it espionage. For the record, when we heard, so people who know classified documents know that the FBI only goes in to retrieve classified documents if there's a suspicion that they're being destroyed, which we saw pictures being released last or two weeks ago of Trump flushing documents down the toilet or if he was sharing them with someone else. So normally you send local law enforcement or you send representatives from the branch. Air Force sends out OSI to to retrieve the documents. The FBI only shows up if they're being destroyed or if they're being shared. And because of that espionage charge in the warrant, they have really good evidence that Trump was sharing it with a third party. We're getting into speculation here. But the big two are either Russia, which I I mean, less. I was about to say pure speculation. What do you think? Pure speculation. It's Russia because Trump's back in Helsinki. He pledged allegiance to. to Right. Or more likely. This is the one that I think happened. Yeah. About a year ago, Jared Kushner asked the Saudi government or the Saudi princes for two billion in funds. And they said, no, we're not going to do it until we review some more. And then they did. And then they gave him a two billion dollar investment. More recently, Trump held a golf tournament. What what was the details on that? It was a golf tournament funded by the new Saudi Golf League. And the children and families of 9-11 victims were speaking out against it because it's come out now. Almost every one of the terrorists on 9-11 were Saudi. Saudi. Yeah. And essentially, there was this golf tournament and there was a whole lot of mingling. Yeah. And there was a whole lot of mingling between Trump and the Saudi representatives. And so that would have been another chance for the information to change hands. So my thought is either as part of the Kushner deal, because they had this access to this information back then, or during the golf tournament. So this is probably leaking stuff to the Saudis who may act as proxies for for reaching further. I'm not going to speculate on who the Saudis will then trade that information Not on air, folks, but I'm going to twist his arm when we're done. Also with the Saudis, Trump really kissed up to them as well. And so Russia has too. Yeah. So they're a major player. The Saudis are essentially the prime movers and shakers when it comes to the petroleum industry. And that is Russia's last bastion of economic independence is their oil reserves. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. tangled web they weave. Yeah. Yes. So all of that speculation. The good news is those documents have been pulled out. The bad news is that they spent a year and a half in Trump's soggy ass basement. And who knows? Who knows what they've been used for? And reports, again, this is speculation. Reports are that the FBI is dusting them for fingerprints to see who had access to them. Like literal fingerprints. Fingerprints on the paper. Yes. Wow. Also, an informant was the one that tipped them off that these documents were there. Yeah. Could have been at this golf tournament where Trump was trying to buddy with Saudis. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about the Trump excuses because he is a chameleon. As soon as the Republicans kind of dropped their support, he got really blue. But a common excuse is that, oh, he's a president. What if he declassified them? As the I'm guessing there's a way to do that. Actually, there I know is. there is a way to do that. And that's all documented. Well, yes. And there's no documentation saying that he did that. And he can't do it 
as a former president. So yes, you are at the core of the matter. As a president, he is the owner of classified information, but not all classified information. There are pieces of data that are classified by acts of Congress. Nuclear. Yeah, nuclear intelligence sources are the big two. The AEA, Atomic Energy Act of 1954, classified nuclear data, and the president doesn't have the power. It takes an act of Congress signed off by the president to declassify nuclear data, and that's never going to happen, ever, because nuclear secrets just shouldn't get out, because that's bad. Nuclear secrets leaking... It's bad. It is. Yes, yes. Another one are named sources of intelligence. This is when you hear TSSCI, it's like it's not secret aliens in Roswell. It's probably because if this information gets out, people might die. And it's a segmented piece of information. It's not. Yeah, compartmentalized. Right. And so that's why it's compartmentalized, because it doesn't matter where the data comes from as long as it's vetted. If you need that original vetting information, that's why it's at the highest level. Got it. So either the stuff in Trump's basement, because the FBI warrant, which was unsealed, said multiple boxes of top secret SCI, it either had data that was compartmentalized because of reasons, and those reasons are probably classified, or it had nuclear data, which is also TSSCI, or if it got out, then people might have died. Either Trump was leaking nuclear data, Trump was killing people with the information he was leaking, or Trump was doing stuff that right. is so bad we can't say it on air. Yeah. But here's the good news about it. Tell them the good news. Oh, there's good news? Yes. What happens when you leak it? Oh, yeah. You can never run for office again. No, you end up in jail. Two of the three acts that Trump was charged with don't rely on the classification at all. Obstruction of justice means hiding or withholding data. It doesn't mean that you're hiding or withholding classified data. It doesn't right. mean if you declassified it. So if Trump had a standing rule to declassify data, he was still hiding stuff. He was still withholding right. evidence. Espionage. It doesn't matter if you're providing the enemy with unclassified data or classified data. It's still espionage. It's still potentially harmful. So two of the three counts have to deal with Trump just having data that shouldn't he shouldn't have. have. The scary thing for us is that some of his supporters won't care. Yeah, they they'll won't. justify it. They'll say he did it for the right reasons. He did it to keep America free. Even if he's proven to do it, they'll say he did it to keep us yeah. little folk that he doesn't give a crap about and never pays free. It's just, I think we just have to continue to do everything we can to defend democracy with everything we have and then hold our breath. Yeah. And like the finger in the dike, just hold it. And hope it we holds. get better education funding so we can reverse some of this. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, a couple of defenses. What if Trump declassified it? OK, so first of all, let's look at the three ways that Trump, if he declassified it. First of all, there had to have been a paper trail. If he went through and all of this stuff that was stuff that he could declassify and he did, the FBI wouldn't have been involved. Second, what if people are, I've read, oh, Trump is the president. He can declassify information as a thought. So what if that was a working rule? Anything that came into the White House was immediately declassified for Trump's use. He could do whatever he wanted with it, take it wherever he went. That ended on January 21st, 20th, 21st, 2021, when 
he was no longer president and he was no longer the classification authority. So as soon as Biden was in and signed the executive order about classification of data, all of that stuff, which was en route to Mar-a-Lago, was classified and shouldn't have been en route to Mar-a-Lago. The third is, again, it doesn't matter because whether or not he declassified it with a thought or whether or not he declassified it with a process, the FBI thought that he shared it with someone that was outside of the U.S. government that could have... They have reason to think that. They don't do this for nothing. They don't do it for nothing. Right. Yes. yes. If the FBI goes in, they have a case. And in fact, that Merrick Garland personally said it because he's so conservative as a law. Yeah. And as a final thought, people are saying, oh, this is going to lead to civil war. This is going to lead to January 6th. So we're not going to civil war over Trump. We're not going to civil war, but we are potentially under threat from DeSantis because he is going to work within the system and that is far more dangerous. So get out and vote. Yeah, get out and vote. Remind people to vote. Hang door hangers to get people to vote. Phone bait to get people to vote. Let's celebrate democracy being defended on Tuesday night. Yep, yep. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Shelby. And thanks, listeners. Bye. Bye. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.